This is Ethan, and I'm here with my cousin Katie, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, bonus episode 11 centimeter. On today's bonus episode, we are going to review the Weird Al concert on July 11th, 2019 at the Landmark Theater in Syracuse, New York. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Thank you for tuning in to this very wonderful bonus episode. As I mentioned, we I'm here with Katie. How's it going, Katie? Hey, Ethan. I'm uh, good. Great. So um, what's really exciting is uh, Katie has been my cousin my whole life, but... Tonight was the first time she ever saw Weird Al live in concert. It was a very exciting occasion. I was glad to do it with Ethan. You've you've been a fan for a long time. Well, I've probably been a fan for around as long as you have, because I started listening to him through you. So I probably made you start listening. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> and then it just stuck. And you know, every time he would come, you know, out this way, and I would travel out, you know, afterwards, you'd be like. Oh, I wish I would have known. I would have gone. And so this time, as soon as I found out, I was like, Katie, we have to go see Weird Al together. And what a great show. I think, you know, I know we'll get into it a little bit in more depth through the episode, but overall, what was the experience? Oh my goodness. It was a ton of fun. It was a really awesome show. I'm glad I went. I think I bought the tickets back in like March. And yeah. uh, it was a good investment. It's a great investment, and it was a a really cool theater, and this is the fourth show I've seen in a row, this tour, and I thought it was one of the best, if not the best of the four. It was really cool. Um, I'll talk about some of the differences and some of the little things I noticed, um, and we'll see if you noticed the same things I did. But uh, what we like to do uh, for these bonus episodes is we like to talk about a little bit before the concert, so what happened during the day. And for myself, I am currently housed up in Syracuse. I'm staying with my grandma, and I worked all day. Um, so I, I worked, and uh, nothing Weird Al related there, unfortunately. And uh, finished up, started getting ready, had dinner, and then we went to the show. So I don't have, really have a whole lot to report for my pre-show activities. Uh, what did you do today? Anything uh, exciting? Um, you know, not really noteworthy day in my book either. I uh, went to work in the office this morning, and then I drove uh, to Syracuse. It's about a 90-minute drive from where I live, packed up my dog, and uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> here I am. And yeah, so we uh, we, we met here, and we, we went out to the show, and um, I, I, you know, I looked at the, uh, the GPS, and I was like, all right, well, I want to get there at least half an hour early when doors open. Um, so we shot a little bit earlier than that. So the plan was to get there at least by 7.30 and then enjoy the show at 8. Um, so we probably, we walked in the door of the venue, um, maybe like 7.32. Um, and much to our surprise, um, well, I guess my surprise, uh, the show started at 7.30. It did not start at 8 o'clock. So we got there and, um, by the time we walked in the door, the orchestra had already started. So, uh, we rushed to our seats and luckily we didn't miss too much. Um, you know, the timing was, was pretty good. Um, I missed a little bit of Indiana Jones, but I did hear, I was physically in the building. 
I just wasn't at my seat, so you know I didn't miss too much. And you've heard the Indiana Jones score, so you, you yeah. didn't miss anything. You know, it's not like you missed one of the Al songs. I guess if you're gonna miss something, unfortunately, I guess it's you know you'd want to pick an orchestra song because you are there for Al. The orchestra is just a really added bonus. Um, but you didn't even know that there was going to be an orchestra. No, I, um, I guess I just, I, I didn't connect the dots beforehand. I, I kind of put it all together as I was, uh, you know, sitting down <laughs> and it was the strings attached tour and, uh, it made me really excited for the rest of the show. It was a great, um, surprise for me. Have you been to like an orchestra show before? Oh yeah. I actually really enjoy orchestras. So oh, wow. was, yeah, I was really, like I said, really excited. So you got to see Al, you got to see an orchestra, you got to see them together. Uh, how awesome. So, um, as I mentioned, we, uh, we got in when Indiana Jones was starting and then by the time I actually got to my seat, they went on to the Superman theme and I was so confused because typically they do the Mission Impossible theme second. So then I was like all confused. Like, did I, did they do Mission Impossible and then we came in during Indiana Jones and then they did Superman or did they skip Mission Impossible? I was so confused. I ended up, um... During the 20-minute intermission, I asked a few people, um, and they were like, oh, yeah, there was no Mission Impossible. I was like, well, okay. So apparently they skipped Mission Impossible tonight. So it went right from Indiana Jones uh, to Superman. Um, then uh, after Superman, Eric, uh, the conductor, Eric Roth, he talked to the audience a little bit, and then they went into Star Wars um, as per usual. And then we got into a little 20-minute uh, intermission, and... Uh, I went to buy some water, and I ran into um, fellow Weird Al superfan Natalie, who I actually know from a few screenings that I have done in Schenectady. I used to um, do these um, kind of cult classic movie screenings with a group of guys in Schenectady, and a few, at least twice, um, I think twice, uh, we showed UHF, and Natalie was always there for those. So she made the trip all the way from Schenectady up to Syracuse for the show tonight. So it was great to see her. And she actually was sitting front row center, which was very cool. Um, so she had a great perspective of the show. Um, so once the once the show got started back up after the intermission, um, Fun Zone, of course, was playing. I noticed when... Uh, when the orchestra started off Fun Zone, uh, there were a couple people backstage on the side, like kind of clapping along. And I, I don't know who they were, um, but I, I noticed that they, they were not there long. So I don't know if they <laughs> were like rushed away because they were interrupting or maybe they just went to their seats. I'm not sure, but I noticed that. I don't, did you notice anything like that? No, I, I didn't. No. Okay. <laughs> Good <laughs> See, observation, I'm, I'm, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking real close to that kind of stuff. Um, so then of course, uh, as fun zone plays, the band, um, pops in. I, I always love that reveal when, uh, Bermuda, uh, starts playing the drums and then Jim does his, his guitar and then Steve and, and Ruben show up. And then of course Al comes out and does his little dance and people are cheering. Um, so after fun zone, again, they went right into the unplugged medley and I noticed that Steve was wearing his headphones again tonight. I noticed back in Toronto, he was wearing the headphones and um, I'll, I'll jump a ahead, so speculations aside, um, we, uh, we were hanging out after the show, and I heard Steve telling someone else who asked that um, he wasn't happy with the sound quality of his in-ear in headphones, so he is now trying out the 
over-the-ear headphones. And uh, so tonight was the second night of that. Um, there was, during the, um, Je- during the um, Jeopardy, uh, Rocky, I Love Rocky Road, and um, Like a Surgeon, I could tell, like, Jim was, there was something going on with his guitar. I don't know if it was guitar or just how it was set up. Or maybe it was the sound. I'm not sure what it was, but um, he was struggling a little bit, and Hawkeye actually came out uh, to help him fix the guitar uh, issue. I don't. I don't think it was the guitar itself. Like I said, I think it had something to do with um, how it was set up. But uh, I don't know if you noticed any of that. No. It's Went right past you. <laughs> That's good. See, you know, I, I've. This is the fourth time in a row I'm seeing the show, so I. I, I've looked at everything there is to look at. So when, when something's going on, I'm, I'm watching it. But, you know, someone who's seen the show for the first time, it didn't distract you. That's, that's really good. I think, I think Jim and the band and the stage crew would be happy to hear that he didn't notice <laughs> anything. That's what they want. Um, so then they went into Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Is that a new song for you? Uh, yes, that is a new song. Yeah, that, that song is, um, I guess it's one of the more obscure ones. So it's from the... Uh, UHF soundtrack, but it's not actually. So it's from the soundtrack album, but it's not actually in the film. So, um, and of the of Al's albums, that one is one of the harder ones to track down, at least uh, before the iTunes days when you were looking for physical releases. That one was a harder one to find. Um, but uh, so the last three shows, um, when Al introduced this song, he would say, uh, "Hey, insert city name here is famous for a lot of things." I'm sure. Um, but for tonight, he said Syracuse is famous for a lot of things like donut shops with pun based names and pasta shops with pun based names. And that's about it. Uh, so I thought that was funny that he actually uh, worked in a couple of things that um, he must have noticed during their two day break in uh, in Syracuse before the show. Um the orchestra was um, extra loud tonight. I could I could hear a lot of uh, stuff a lot uh, more clearly. And for the first time, and this is a big thing, Katie, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but during Twine Ball, uh, when Al sings the line about the DeSoto car, uh, there is a car horn. And for f- this, this was the fourth show in a row that I'm listening so closely, trying to hear this car horn, and I'm happy to report I heard it tonight. I thought it was going to... See, I was expecting, like, like a horn, like a honk, but it's more of, um, you know, like a tuba or something, kind of doing a, a honk noise. Um, but it's very... You, you really have to pay attention to hear it, and I, I'm so happy I heard it tonight. Um, I'm assuming you did not. No. No, yeah, that's fine. I listened <laughs> to it. I listened for it four times, and only at the fourth I'm time sure I actually heard it. it added a so. wonderful element to the it song, did. though. It yeah. really did. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, after Twine Ball, they jump right into Word Crimes, and I'm sure you've heard Word Crimes. That, I had never heard Word Crimes. You'd never heard Word Crimes. No, that was the one I was excited to report. I'd never heard that before, so I was, like, floored, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. That was a crazy, uh, yeah. It's so good. (laughs) Right? I know. I just learned. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, Word Crimes is amazing. Um, you gotta get mandatory fun, Katie. Word Crimes is, is, like, the breakthrough hit of that whole album uh it's so fun the video is so great and uh that song's fun because they do play the video during the song um so then after after that al so al's wearing his black t-shirt and then he's wearing 
uh, an unbuttoned um, Hawaiian shirt over that. And he started taking the Hawaiian shirt off, but then he didn't take it off all the way. And then he introduced the drum solo with, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, he had the, the shirt off of him, except one arm was still in the shirt. And so he like, it's kind of awkwardly was like standing there with the, the shirt. I think like he forgot to, he either didn't take it off fast enough or he took it off too soon and it just, it didn't get completed. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but then it went right into the drum solo with Bermuda, which was great. Um, of course, you know, his drum solos are known for lasting all of two seconds. Um, then we went into Jurassic Park. Um, are you familiar with Jurassic Park? Yes. Familiar. familiar with the yeah. song you're familiar with the movie yeah um, familiarity there. that song is it's so freaking majestic uh especially with the full orchestra yeah definitely. i i love that i love the element of having the video playing in the background because it's one of the funnier videos uh it's all claymation and they just they did a really good job on it so uh so that was cool um i know that everyone listening is very curious um so there is a part in the song where al sits down on a chair, Melissa, the tour manager, comes out and uh, pats down his face with a towel, and then Hawkeye comes out and he presents him with a tray uh, with a liquid, and, and um, you know, the, the listeners of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast are very interested to know what color is the liquid that Al drinks. Do you remember? I, I took notes, so I have it. This is, a, this is the first quiz for you, Katie. What color was the liquid that Al drank during Jurassic Park. I think it was red with an orange in it. That is absolutely correct. Woo! So this is the first time for me seeing Al with a red liquid. It was oh. orange the last three shows. Uh, there's always been an orange slice. And since last show and tonight, he had a flower cup. It was like a wine glass with flowers painted on the outside. So that was um, that was really great. Seeing a red, oh. red liquid for the first time. I don't know how many times he's done it. Uh, I'm hoping one of our fans will have a spreadsheet going uh, to track what color the liquid is. And uh, I, I figured it was orange juice the last few times, so I don't know if this was like a cranberry juice. Um, I don't know if it's Kool-Aid. That's probably a good question to ask Al. Um, if anyone or if anyone knows the answer, give us a call. Um, Katie, we have a, a hotline, a, a podcast hotline. People can call in. It's 347 spatula. We have we own three four seven spatula. That's great. Yeah, I mean, people, you wouldn't expect that um, our little podcast would have such a great number, but we do. And you can leave messages, and we might even uh, play those on the air. Uh, we we've actually gotten some cool uh, voicemails from people at three four seven spatula. Awesome. I would tell you what numbers correspond to the word spatula, but I I just don't. I'm impressed that there are numbers that like it works out. As yeah. A word, you know. Yeah. It, the the I mean we specifically tried to get something that said spatula and the fact that you know spatula is seven letters long so the fact that they had the seven digits we wanted in order uh, was just amazing but enough about uh, the podcast of course we then went into uh, don't download this song um, another great one um, nothing super out of the ordinary for that one. Um, when Al said he had to do a, a mandatory announcement, what did you think was coming? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> something, something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> After Don't Download the Song, uh, Al came out and, and he said, uh, 
Uh, he introduces a little bit differently than he has um, for the other shows I've seen. He says, you know, he doesn't want to be controversial, uh, but he is okay with people saying happy holidays. Um, and, of course, he then talks about how sometimes he just likes to get out there and say it, happy weasel stomping day. Have you ever seen the weasel stomping day video? No, I have not. It's another claymation. See, the claymation yeah, ones are great. They are great. So they, you know, they come out, they do the the Weasel Stomping Day, and that one, I love that song. It's just such a, it's such a great song. Um, it's so bizarre, and um, you know, with the, with this tour, since some of the songs are are very different from other tours, there's, there's like sort of like audience traditions of things that um, you do as an audience member. So in the song Fat, um, Al would jump. You know, in the fast he'd jump, and when he landed, everyone in the band would jump off the ground as if it was like a shockwave. And so, um, what audience members would do is we would jump out of our seats with the band. So it was like kind of a fun thing to do. But he's not doing that this tour. Um, so I'm, you know, I was watching the show tonight, thinking like, what are some things that fans can start doing in the audience to like kind of be part of the show, uh, be part of the inside jokes. And so I was thinking, during Weasel Stomping Day, anytime. Al sings the word stomp, not stomping. No, no, you know, there's no, only when he says stomp, I think we should stomp our feet. I think that that would, he only does it like two or three times during the song. And I noticed that Al and the band, they themselves stomp their foot when they say stomp. So I think that is my proposal. Do you think that that should happen? Yeah, I think that's a great proposal. I think it'd be fun, right? Yeah. Gives you something to do. Definitely. Um, then he goes into, you don't love me anymore, which is amazing. And that's, um, that's the one song that switches out every other show. So, um, sometimes it's, you don't love me anymore. And then the next night it'll be one more minute. So tonight we got, you don't love me anymore. And, you know, I love both of them because they both have, they're both great songs and they both have really fun elements. And the, the really fun element about you don't love me anymore is Al smashing a guitar. Yeah. That was, that was a, a surprise. <laughs> did you... Yeah. So, I mean, how did you feel about that song? Just the, the visuals? I, I, it still makes me laugh. I know it's coming, but Al pulling out the guitar and, like, getting himself ready and psyched up to play, and then he just doesn't play it. it just... Yeah. Totally. It was... Yeah, it was a, it was a good, good one. I noticed that um, at the beginning of the song... So at the beginning of the song, Al said something like, oh, John and Steve are going to leave because they don't play anything on the song. So they leave. And then he said, but Jim's here and he's on an acoustic. He's going to play the acoustic guitar. But Jim had an electric guitar. Yeah. So I think Al was a little confused because he himself was holding an acoustic guitar. Um, I noticed, I think it was the, the last time that Al goes out to um, play the guitar and eventually never does. He... Um, he and Jim made eye contact and they kind of nodded at each other like, yeah, okay, now it's time to play. And then, you know, of course he doesn't. So I thought that was really funny. I, I don't know if he's nodded before, but I hadn't noticed that one before. Um, so then we got uh, probably the best uh, the best part of the night, and that was the oboe solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the oboe solo. <laughs> it's amazing. So, you know, he calls out oboe solo and, uh, you know, the lights are already trained on this guy. They pop on, on the oboe guy. 
and he took a good like 30 seconds to like kind of sheepishly stand up and like <laughs> wave at the audience and then he played uh, just a couple of notes a couple of seconds and uh he got um thunderous applause <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, then we went into um, what I'm going to name, and I, I'll ask you at the end, unless you know already, if we've already said it already, but my pick of the night was Tacky. And I'm sure you know why, but the audience doesn't know why, so I, I'll get to that. Um, so Tacky starts, and Tacky's a great song. Um, Al comes out in the audience, and this is not why, but um, the iMag, the, uh, the video was not actually working. So typically when he comes out um, for that song, there's a guy with a camera and it's projected up on the screen so people in the back and in the balcony can see what he's doing oh, in the okay. audience. Um, so unfortunately that wasn't working tonight. Um, and so I think Al kind of got... Al was able to notice that. So instead of going out too far in the back on the side, he went back to the front and kind of stayed near the front. So I think more so people could people, see him. Yeah. That, and... Um, that ended up being really great because uh, the stairs were on the Steve side of the stage and Katie and I, we were sitting over on the Jim side of the stage. And so Al goes on the stairs and he goes up the, the Steve aisle. I think he notices that the, the video is not going. So he comes back and he comes up our aisle and Al ended up coming. He saw me, walked over to me got nose to nose and sang a verse right in my face. And it was amazing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that happen before. And uh, it was amazing. He like, he sang, he got like real close, sang, he pointed at my face and uh, sang to me and then walked away. Like he, it seemed like he came down the aisle just to do that to me. And then he left the aisle. So um, I'm sure it was a coincidence. He just happened to see me and, you know, <laughs> made it happen, but it felt like he specifically came down the aisle just to see me and sing in my face. Uh, so that was great. Um, so then, of course, um, we get into the song that um, Al tells us is the reason he put this tour together, and that was Harvey the Wonder Hamster. <laughs> Were you surprised when he <laughs> played Harvey the Wonder Hamster? As... <laughs> I was surprised, but it was like an ex- I, you know, it's it's weird. I also you kind of expect right. that sort of thing as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, you know, this is the unabridged version. You know, this is you know something that can only be played with a forty-one piece orchestra. And then he does Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Which it did is great. sound wonderful, though. It was great. Yeah, yeah. it it was. Terrific. I mean, it's a great little song. Mm-hmm. Um, so then. After that, I don't. I think there was another. Um, there was a little issue with Jim's guitar getting. It, like I don't know what what it was, um, but there was a little bit of a delay on stage, and there was just enough of a delay that someone in the audience yelled out, "Timpani solo," and uh, and Al heard that and, he's, and he and he went, "Oh, do you want a bass solo?" Audience went nuts, and so then Jim, <laughs> or not Jim, Steve gets the bass and he lifts it up over his head and he strums a string with his mouth and he got his tooth and he plucked the string and it was hilarious so uh we got a great bass solo um i think that's my first bass solo with the mouth of this tour um and it was the third solo of the show usually you get two solos in the show and we got drum solo bass solo and the oboe solo so that was great um so uh, once everything was worked out, we got Jackson Park Express, um, which I love that song. That's the uh, it's a it's a longer song for sure, 
Um, and I just, I love that. That's just, it's usually my favorite part of the show because you can really just take in the stage and take in the orchestra. Uh, everyone gets highlighted during it. So I enjoyed that. Um, so after Jackson Park Express, we went right into uh, Smells Like Nirvana, which was great. I noticed that um, when Al gargled the water and then tossed the water at people, not as much came out as normal. Usually it's a full cup, and I felt like it was not a, a full cup tonight. Uh, so only part of the audience got covered, and he tossed out the cup. Um... Then we got Dare to be Stupid, which I love that song. I love that song live. That was one of those songs that I had kind of forgotten about, but I knew every word of when right. it started. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's all coming back now. <laughs> I was So I was talking about like what are some things you can do during the song that are playing like as someone in the audience. And I've been trying this out. So this is my second show trying this out, and I, I kind of like it. There was a part where... Um, Al says it's like spitting on a fish and he does, you can't see this folks listening, but, uh, Katie can see it. He does this for the, uh, it's like spitting on a fish. And then he goes, it's like barking up a tree. And he does just like these really weird hand movements. So I've decided that I now too will do those hand movements when he says that. So I invite anyone else, uh, in the audience to do that as well. Maybe we can make it a thing. And even if we don't, I'm still going to do it because it's enjoyable to me. Um, so then White and Nerdy happened. And uh, you must know White and Nerdy. Yeah, I knew that one. White and Nerdy is just, it's such a great song. And it's so great to see live. Um, it goes so fast, though. Um, you know, it's it's amazing how in sync everyone is. Because some of the lines, like Al can't sing every line. Because there's so much to that song. And he's running around. And he's on a Segway. <laughs> so, um, you know, Jim and Steve will do parts. And then he'll jump in. And um, I noticed right after White and Nerdy, there was like four people, it, like a few rows ahead of me, that just got up and like all left. And then three people in a row ahead of me, but on the other side of the aisle, got up and left. Like right after that song. And so I don't know if like... Those seven people specifically were offended by White and Nerdy for some reason, uh, and they decided <laughs> they had to leave. Um, or I was wondering if perhaps the 501st, the people who dress up uh, in the Star Wars costumes, maybe they watch part of the show and then get up, and that was their cue. Uh, I'm not sure about that. So if anyone um, listening knows um, how that works, or if you've been um, you know, someone on stage for the 501st Star Wars parts... Please let us know. Send Frank an email, frank at 2000inch.com, or give us a call at the hotline, 347-SPATULA. Um, so, uh, of course, after White and Nerdy, we got Amish Paradise, which was amazing. Um, oh, it was so good with the orchestra. It's so good oh with the gosh. orchestra. It really is. <laughs> um, I I just love that song. I mean, I find myself... I know it's the, the last quote-unquote song before the encore but i just i find myself looking forward to that song the entire show and um it was just you know tonight was no exception it was amazing i thought especially prefaced with us walking by that car that was playing gangster's paradise that's i way. forgot about that i thought that was a really good it foreshadowing was... <laughs> and i was so prepared for that when, good... it, when the orchestra started playing i was like yes i didn't want to say that of course he was going to play it during the show i wanted that to be a surprise to you but Thank yes you. when we were walking from the car there was a car blaring gangster's paradise and it was very funny um to hear on our way to a weird al show 
Um, I noticed, uh, so after the Amish Paradise, they do the uh, Amish Vamp, um, where they, you know, they kind of talk to the audience and they introduce the band. And he introduced the oboe player, and I was ready to write down his name, and I got it. Uh, the oboist. Uh, is it oboist? Obist? Oboist. Oboist? I think oboe player. The oboe player. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the... That's probably an easier way. Uh, his name was Brian Green, I believe. <laughs> that's what I heard. Um, I noticed that uh, with Steve's uh, headphones that he's wearing, his hat didn't really fit on as well, so the hat fell off. And I don't, I didn't see it come off, but I noticed he when during the vamp when he was playing... He had the beard detached, and he was holding it in his mouth. I, <laughs> I noticed, know, you noticed those that. things as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what happened. And uh, this was the second time in a row that I noticed um, when they leave the stage um, before the encore, um, Steve specifically puts his Amish hat on uh, Scotty, the backup dancer. So <laughs> he did that again tonight. So it must be an inside joke with them. Um, I thought that was great. So then we had the encore, and um, I'm sure you you figured there was something coming, right? Oh, yeah. Because they leave the lights off, and the orchestra, unfortunately, doesn't leave the stage, so you kind of know something's coming. Um, but uh, it's always fun. It, you know, people just go crazy, and they start um, chanting, like, we want L, we want L. <laughs> and... Uh, it was great. Of course, they come back out. And um, for Saga Begins, we had, um, it was, I guess, kind of a lighter mix of the 501st members than I've seen before. I'm trying to Google um, the name. You don't know anything Star Wars, right? No, sorry. Let's see. I'm just going to Google different. I don't want to get this wrong because I know a lot of Weird Al fans are big Star Wars fans. And I'm a big Star Wars fan. But this character that came out, I'm just not 100% sure what the name is. And I don't want to get it wrong. Um, so let's see. I'm just Googling different Star Wars troopers. <laughs> see if I can get this. Let's see. Oh, I found like a little chart. Oh, but it's all blurry. I'm going to Google too because I think I know which one oh, I'm going to. I found it. Oh, good. I found it. Okay. I have it. It was this one right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in order from Jim to Steve was a snow trooper. See, I didn't know. I think the other day, um, Dave and I called it a sand trooper, but that didn't seem right to me. So it was the snow trooper, two stormtroopers, Darth Vader, two stormtroopers, and then another snow trooper. Uh, so that was the lineup. Lots of black and white on the stage. Um, I I love that they're on the stage. But when they start waving their guns and their arms, they're always so out of sync oh that I can't watch it because it gives me, like, anxiety. Because <laughs> like, I kind of want to, like, sway to the music, but I, I can't keep to the music because none of them are, and it just distracts me. I agree. I found that distracting. Yeah. <laughs> um, not that it's a bad thing, um, but <laughs> um, I did notice Al saying one of the lyrics a little odd. Um, in the beginning, it's like, uh, the lyric is, um, are the use of him hitting on the queen? He said, he sang it. I'm trying to think of how he's, he did it. He was like, 
uh, the use of him hitting on the queen, or he said it weird. Him and hitting were were like jumbled together, weird. Um, but the way he sang it sounded intentional. So I'm gonna have to listen for that. Maybe it was just a weird thing I heard tonight. Um, and then I love the part um, where Al uh, approaches one of the you know Star Wars guys and sings like leaning on them. And uh, typically he goes to the guy to the uh, Steve side of Vader, but today he went to the second Steve side of Vader trooper. If that makes sense, I, I understand. You understand that, okay? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we got, um, you know, we had the little uh, Ruben, the uh, Ruben Perer's, um Mexican hat dance thing. Although I still don't. That's not the song Mexican hat dance. I don't think, or maybe it's maybe there are different versions of Mexican hat dance that I'm just not aware of. Uh, but it's called Mexican hat dance officially. But it, it didn't seem... It still doesn't sound like the Mexican hat dance to me. Anyway, we got that part from the Ruben Perer. And then, of course, um, Al, Al breaks out the accordion for the first time during the show with the last song with Yoda. And um, the uh, the notable thing in Yoda is uh, when he asks the audience to sing, sometimes for the second one, he'll ask a single person to sing the first. Um, but he did what he did last night, or the other the last show in Toronto... And he said, all right, do it better. Um, So uh, the audience, the whole audience sang it twice. And then I was wondering at the end of the show if we were going to get streamers or confetti. And Katie, the answer? Confetti. We got so much confetti. (laughs) It was uh, was awesome. It it went everywhere. Um, I feel so bad for the cleaning crew. So sorry, cleaning crew. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, they're used to cleaning up that kind of stuff. But I, I just feel like... It's one of the, it's like the, there's so much confetti that I feel like you're going to have to like broom over it like a hundred times. I feel like they're going to find confetti for weeks, honestly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Next time Al tours in uh, Syracuse, he can scoop up some and use it again. Uh, that is how much <laughs> there will be. Um, okay, so Katie, what was your pick of the night? Favorite song uh, performance? Oh, my. Um, honestly, I, I think I have to go with Amish Paradise. Yeah, that's it's hard to beat Amish yeah, Paradise. Yeah, it was, it was real good with that orchestra. So what, um, when I watch the show, I, I kind of like, I look at a bunch of different things. I'll, I'll look at the orchestra, I'll look at Eric the Conductor, I'll look at the background singers, look at Al, Jim, Steve, John, uh, Ruben. Sometimes I look at, you know, the people in the audience. You know, what, what did you find yourself looking at uh, during the show? Um, I found myself looking at the drummer a lot and like our side of the stage. Yeah. Um, I tried not to look at the visuals too much because I wanted to watch the performance. You right. Know? Um, unfortunately, there was somebody sitting in front of me, so I couldn't see Al the whole time. Oh, uh, okay. I kind of swiveled around. <laughs> to get some Al. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a good view of Al singing Tacky in my face? I did. A great view. And <laughs> the, the people right next to me were, like, talking amongst themselves, like, that guy just got sang at. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was definitely, yeah, an exciting moment for everyone. It had a ripple effect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's exciting just to have, you know, Al come near you, let alone sing into your own face. I, you know, so, um, so we did... Um, Talked to Al after the show. We got to meet him, and uh, we got to see Bermuda, Steve, and Jim. And uh, they're they're always just so wonderful. There were a lot of cool fans there. Um, there was actually uh, a couple of Jim's family members there. 
Jim's brother and Jim's nephew were there. They came in from Ottawa, and um, we they were very uh, kind, and also Jim's sister-in-law, and uh, they were great uh, to talk to. And um, I heard Jim's brother say that uh, he taught Jim his first guitar riff. I don't know how true that is. Maybe we'll have to ask Jim one day. Um, but they were they were really um, enjoyable to uh, meet and hang with and. Uh, we eventually got to meet Al and, um, oh, I, I, I skipped, I skipped something. So, uh, show ends and, um, I see Bob. So I get to go over and talk to Bob Groder a bit and he had VIP that night. Um, and then I see sitting like right near the pit, just an empty red solo cup. And I think to myself, what are the odds that someone else brought a red solo cup <laughs> left it in the same area that al threw the red solo cup at the end of smells like nirvana what are the odds so i grabbed the cup and i 99 sure it's the cup that al threw but there was really no way to actually verify it didn't smell like there was anything in the cup so that implies that maybe it was water um but i didn't physically catch the cup so i can't definitely confirm it but um i showed al and jw and they agreed that it's they they're pretty sure it's the cup jw authenticated it but um he could have just been saying that yeah, I can't be sure it. you believe it yeah i mean that's good enough I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you know okay so if you're listening to this podcast and you were at the syracuse show and you have the cup that al threw let me know so i know if i have the cup or not i assume i have the cup but you never know. Also, if you can get through security with a red solo cup, let me know how you do it. Yeah. That's <laughs> it's also impressive. impressive. Yeah. yeah, and why did you not even pour anything in that cup <laughs> during the show? It's got to be Al's cup. It's got to be. Um, so we... Um, it was your first time meeting Al. What was, what was that like? It was uh, very exciting. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, he was very nice. He shook my hand. It was great. Which hand did he shake? Did you guys shake right hands or left hands? He shook my right hand with both of his hands. It was oh, wow. one of those full handshakes. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's like that's a very good handshake. Al does not um you know, he does not scrimp on the uh handshakes. He gave you the full both hand handshake. Really he was hugging your hand in his hands. Very true. It was it was a <laughs> wonderful moment. <laughs> and uh you were of course introduced to Al as cousin Katie. Uh, so that's now your name. Yeah. Uh, even if even if people are not your cousin referring to you, that is just now your nickname is cousin Katie. That's kind of a good nickname though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there there are worse nicknames to have. Totally. Um. So then, um, we're walking out after the show, and I saw Eric. Said hi to Eric. He's doing well. Um. And I don't know if you noticed this, but. Um, we walked by a bar not too far from the stage door called Al's. I did see that. And uh, I thought that was great. Al's, wine and whiskey. <laughs> does not seem like a place that uh, our Al uh, would necessarily go to, but um, it was called Al's, so I thought that was great. Uh, I wanted to mention um, a few more of the people in the, uh, the after show meet and greet. Um, we met this guy, John, and his friend, Lauren. Those names sound correct, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
I'm so bad with names. I, I, I feel like I'm going to screw something up. Uh, Lauren and uh, John, they came in from Canada. Um, they both were also at the um, Toronto show I was at on Monday. And um, you can't help but notice Lauren's tattoos. Her, uh, her right leg is completely covered in tattoos. And 90% of them are Weird Al tattoos. Uh, really unique ones at that. Um, so I took some pictures, so let me see. Um, my favorite, uh, were these right here. That's so funny. I was going to say those were my favorite. They were your favorite? Yeah. Yeah, so she Which had, all those um, good. yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're the, the least exciting ones, uh, if you're not a, a Weird Al fan. It is, um, a cat and a dog, but it's, it's a paperclip bent into them so it's of course from the reference from uh the song dog eat dog where he says uh i'm gonna you know he's gonna fold he's gonna bend his paper clips into small animals and get on david letterman so that was a really uh that's a really unique and great idea for a weird al tattoo uh she also had harvey the wonder hamster um she had um boba fett playing clarinet <laughs> which is a great one she said that was her first weird al tattoo boba fett uh, playing clarinet. She had a, uh, ice cream cone of Rocky Road with three scoops. Uh, she had, um, Weird Al from, uh, My Little Pony. So she had cheese sandwich. Uh, she had a cool amalgam where it was a, a bunch of different, um, you know, Weird Al songs. There was like a, you know, curling, uh, broom. She had, you know, the glasses and snorkel and within that, she had Weird Al's signature, which was really cool, um, how she had that. So, so she told me she got the tattoo first, and there's kind of like an X with a dotted line. And that was where Al was to sign. So then when she had him actually sign it, she then got it tattooed. And, and then the frame around it is the in 3D frame. It's very cool. Um, she also got, um, she said last year during the Vanity Tour, she played... Uh, Weird Al Jeopardy, and she lost. So she has the um, the loser um, medal tattooed on. And she also has Stanley Spadowski's mop, complete with the uh, red, yellow, and blue accents. Um, and a spatula. She also has uh, her birth date and the date that she first learned about Weird Al which was January 31st, 1994. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that she somehow knows that date. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really great to meet her. Um, always great to meet other Weird Al fans, especially those with very cool tattoos, um, as she did. And um, I think that's everything. Is there anything I'm missing, Katie? I don't, I don't think so. I think we covered it all. Was so okay. So you you were surprised by some of the songs. Some of them you said you hadn't heard in very long. Some of them were new to you. Um, do you, so you you picked Amish Paradise as your pick of the night. Do you have any runner ups that we should talk about? Um, I have to say, uh, Word Crimes was a runner up because I'd never heard it before. And that's such an amazing song, especially yeah, the and, first and time then you to hear it live. It was just, yeah. it was incredible. It's the best way to hear it with yeah. a forty one piece orchestra. Um, I'd love to hear from people if you were also at the Syracuse show. Is there something we missed? Do you agree with um, with our take on the the show and everything else? Did you go to Al's? Did you go to Al's Wine and Whiskey? 
how was that? I'm sure it was great. It looked <laughs> it looked pretty terrible, but I think uh, I went there on my 21st birthday. Really? Yeah. I would love to have an Al's wine and whiskey T-shirt. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> they didn't seem like a place that had that um, sells t-shirts. T-shirts, let alone napkins. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I loved that. I loved finding that. I also took a picture um, with a. Uh, there was a sign that said fire hose. And of course, the uh, the classic UHF bit of uh, Joel Miller getting to drink from the fire hose. So I took a selfie with a sign that said "fire hose" in stained glass. Um, well, Katie, thank you so much for joining me uh, on the podcast, but also to your very first Weird Al concert. Well, thank you so much for having me both on this podcast and for inviting me to this concert so many months ago. <laughs> Glad it worked out. Yeah, and I I want to say. Um, what's really funny about the date of your first Weird Al show is it shares a date with my co-host Dave's first ever Weird Al show. Um, so, uh, what is today? The 11th 7-11. of... 7 Here, I'm, I'm bringing this up. Dave's first ever Weird Al show was on July 11th, 1992. Um, and so today, if he was here at the show, would be his exact... 27 year anniversary of seeing Weird Al for the first time. So, Katie, in um, what what year is it? It's 2019. 2019. Let's do the math here. 2019 plus 27. <laughs> Let's do the math here. 7 and 9 is 16. Uh, 4. So, in 2046, let's celebrate your 27th anniversary. So, on July 11th, 2046. Katie, we have a date. We are going to celebrate your 27-year Weird Al first concert anniversary. Wonderful. I'll put it in my calendar. Put it in your calendar it's now. It's the most future most plan I have. Yes. <laughs> 2046. It'll be here before you know it. Oh, God. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, you can find us online uh, by heading over to 2000inch.com. You can go to facebook.com slash 2000inch. We're at 2000inch on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget the hotline. It's 347 Spatula. And that was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Bonus episode, 11 centimeter. Putting it in my phone right now, Cousin Katie's 27th anniversary, July 11, 2046. Oh, I got a conflict. Can we reschedule?